I'm Sonic. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 50 of Shades of Brown. 50. The, the 50th episode of this podcast, episode 50 Spectacular. Or as someone on Mastodon said, it's 50 Shades of Brown. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, so bad. So bad, yeah. <laughs> kind of a problem because there's a 50 shades movie in theaters right now oh wait uh, really there's yeah. one in theaters i do not pay attention to that i, because... I don't i only know because i saw an ad on a bus mm, i'm just hyped for black panther are you going to see black panther i i don't go to see movies in theaters so but it's, it's black panther of, i know but like it's it's a bit do it for the culture <laughs> i don't know if i can still get a good tickets at this point so we'll, we'll see about that but we're gonna do some we have some follow-up uh we we talked about uh race like uh diva like like gear like you know like uh merchandise or like headsets or headphones yeah yeah last week when we were talking about uh overwatch and how diva is canonically not a starcraft player was once again fuck you jeff kathlin but also i joked that i was like what if razor just made a diva branded gaming gear and turns out they They do (laughs) They do. It's it's called the Diva Razor Mecha headset, uh, and it it looks like what uh what something like Diva would wear inside while she was she was playing video games. Um, uh, it looks all right, but the thing is with with Razor products, you know, I I don't recommend them, and they're not they're not the greatest product quality. Uh, so but if like Sennheiser made some, you know, I would I would be up in there buying it. So. That's... Yeah, like uh, this has an. Do, is it normal for gaming headsets to have omnidirectional microphones? I feel like that doesn't make that much sense when you have like the microphone part sort of being pointed at your mouth. Yeah, that that actually doesn't make any sense. I don't know if that's a new thing. I don't really buy headsets like that. I haven't bought headsets like that in a long time, so I don't know. Yeah, a pro tip: don't buy gaming headsets that are dedicated. Um, so caveat being, of course, if you have a console and you need to speak, like you know. Okay, having a headset of a microphone is probably best if you don't want to use your TV speakers. But honestly, ha- just using a headset where like the cable has a microphone built in is probably a better option than going for like the dedicated gaming headsets. Because only if like Turtle Beaches and stuff, you have to like have separate amps and all that. I the sound quality you get for the price of the headphone is not worth it. Like you're better off just getting a good pair of headphones. And honestly, when it comes to playing games, um, your voice is going to be super compressed just so like just to prioritize actual game bandwidth. So I, and like, do you need amazing audio quality? Like, sure. Don't have it sound like a phone call, but it doesn't really matter when you're playing games. Right. Um, like what, what most people recommend is, uh, the Sennheiser has some good stuff in this category. Like if you, if you want to buy gaming headsets, uh, Sennheiser has some, which are, which use their, like they're branded as their gaming stuff, but it's it uses like their normal Sennheiser audio tech, so it's it sounds really like they're really good headphones by themselves, and they have a, a microphone built in. So if you want to get one of those, you should, should probably look into that. Uh, so that's that's my recommendation, I guess, for for gaming with headphones. Uh, next up, well, next up we have some. Uh, okay. This is this is hilarious because this is this is, I just came up with it. It's called the time shade. Uh, it, it's, it's so it's, bad, it's, God. It's so bad. It's 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 about the history of uh, Shades of Brown as a podcast. Uh, we have a couple of things really, not not much. Uh, it's, it's, it's a timeline, right? A timeline of of the Genesis story. And to be fair, this timeline lacks one important piece because neither me nor Static remember. Why did we make this show? Like we remember coming up with the name and the original logo, but like I do not know why we made this podcast. Yeah, I have I have zero recollection. It's probably there somewhere in one of my chat logs, but I'm not looking through those because don't don't uh, look through yeah, logs. I'm like yeah, we we every time I learn look through old laws, old IRC logs, anything, I I come feeling like you know like terrible about myself. So don't do that yeah, for yourself. Yeah, it's like, not especially it's if it's like not. you're under eighteen. Yeah, yeah. If you're, especially if you're a teenager, uh, with those logs, are not not the best. Uh, and if you are a teenager listening, use a pseudonym. <laughs> like just just false, just like a Stipes Radio endorsement here. Use a fucking pseudonym. Your life yeah, will be better for it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, uh, 
So the first thing we have on the list is, is the creation of the domain. Um, now, the domain was bought by me in 2015, in April 25th. Uh, but the show didn't get off the ground until July. So the first episode came out July 14, uh, 2015. And uh, I, to put that in context, we had to put that in context, right? So July 15th, um, Windows 10 RTM hit July or June 30th. I had bought a Surface 3 because I was super excited for Windows 10 and I had a Lumia phone running insider builds. Um, other things that happened that year. Um, what else? What else happened in like 2015? I was, well, we, we, we're going to go down the various companies. I guess we can start with Apple here. Uh, with iOS, the first episode talked about iOS 9. So that was the uh, release of iOS 9. I think um, iOS 9 first looked. So I think because iOS always comes out in September, I think that was the sort of... That was like, when the beta be- started hitting. Betas, right? yeah. The betas would be out at that point in July. So... Uh, uh, past WWDC, because WWDC is in June or May. So uh, we were in the middle part, right? Where first looks started coming out. So... Uh, like so, what we're doing right? We're first episode was just talking about the state of everything, and that's what we're gonna do now. So, right with with Apple, um, what is your favorite iOS release? That's hard question to answer, honestly, because I don't remember really. I like I don't remember significant parts of iOS being like uh, like my first iPhone was the iPhone six. Uh, you had the iPod I, Touch I, though. So you, yeah, you but use that, old versions of iOS, though. I have, but the thing is, there was such a long gap between iOS releases that I, like, I used iPod Touch second generation, um, which whatever that had on it, and I didn't use an iOS device after that until the iPhone 6. So I had a significant, like, sort of uh, gap there where I didn't know what, what iOS looked like, really. So I didn't have don't have experience with sort of, like, the transitional iOS uh, experience. So, uh, iOS 9, though, I think that was when I had my iPhone. So I kind of remember, uh, iOS 9 was when they did the glossy stuff, right? They did the, uh, that's iOS 7. iOS 7 is when they added the translucency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So here's, here's an iOS timescale. Six was the last, um, skeuomorphic release. Seven, redesign. Eight, extensibility right it brought those extensions it brought like so now you know you can autofill one password and last pass all that all the building blocks for that came in eight and then ios 9 was important because it's the first time apple had a specific ipad release with uh, multitasking features like picture and picture and split view and then also apple said that they were focusing on bugs and stability which uh, we might get back to in a minute for ios so that's the interesting part because if looking through iOS, it's like all iPad stuff. And then for iPhones, it was just like the fonts got thicker. And um, I believe today widgets started to become a thing. Yeah. The today widget, um, the series suggestions was that no series suggestions was uh, eight, but today widgets is iOS nine, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's or proactive became a thing, but proactive was, uh, Proactive now has been delegated, right? To if you double tap the home button and you bring up the multitasking menu, it'll predict yeah. apps at the bottom. I'm pretty yeah, sure that's that, all Proactive does nowadays. That's kind of, yeah, that's a bit. I think this is also when um, iOS 9 launched uh, launched Transit in, in Apple Maps for various American cities and uh, in the UK. Uh, and Canada, I, know, I thought. Yeah, I thought yeah, yeah. Toronto Are, have it? Yeah, Toronto. Um, well, Toronto is one of the cities that they launched with. Uh, at that point. Uh, so that was a big deal. There was also news. I think uh, Apple News was... Uh... No, Apple News is iOS 10. Because Apple News, mm-hmm. remember, has that... It was the first app to come out with that big header style? Yeah. I don't remember... I'm going to search this up real quick, honestly. Okay. What iOS release did Apple News come out in? I know Apple Music was iOS 9, though. Yeah. Because they had Drake Lo- on stage, remember? Oh, yeah, you remember, remember WWDC? They had Drake I, on stage. Yeah, I, I remember that. Uh, no, it was not WWDC. It was at the. Uh, it was at the. Uh, no, keynote. it was WWDC at the end of the, the the keynote. They had Drake on stage. That that is amazing to me. Like they have they have Drake at a at a developer conference. Uh, 
because they were talking about like music is right after they bought Beats. Oh, you're right, right. The Beats, uh, Beats uh, radio, like the Beats radio, right? Like the, uh, the, they had like people in like London and stuff uh, doing like live radio shows and stuff. I think, it, I think that's still on, right? Like, is that it's still a thing? Like, is that, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Beats Radio is still going on. A lot yeah. of Brockhampton songs came out on on uh, Beats One and stuff while they were promoting Saturation last year. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, Apple Play Plus Wallet. Uh, Apple Pay used to be call- the Wallet app used to be called Passbook, right? Uh, I think that's yeah, what- yeah. It was Passbook originally because it's for flights and stuff, and then it became yeah. Wallet when um Apple Pay was a was announced but no 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 remember apple news was newsstand yeah newsstand yeah newsstand where they still sell magazines then it turned into apple news right um also ios 9 had the redesigned notes app they redid the entire notes app in uh in a new design yeah they made it good uh, yeah they made it good <laughs> um yeah i think that's pretty much like they had the ipad stuff like picture in picture quick type uh but really, I don't think that's that's like not that important, though, right? No, not it's, really. It's just no. more of like since the first episode, since we talked yeah. about the state of Apple, how do you think it's changed? Like, where do you think they're at today? We we are at a point where Apple focuses on like they, they, they've lost focus on the Mac, right? I think that's that's like the sort of the state. I mean, iMac Pro release notwithstanding, right? Uh, it feels like Mac OS is sort of like at a weird languishing stay right it feels it doesn't feel exciting uh for that platform uh to be that platform's user uh but ios on the other hand is is full of surprises full of new features uh it it feels like all the focus really i mean it's not surprising considering ios is where they're making most of their money right like these these devices are selling a lot um iphones ipads uh they're selling quite a bit so it, it feels uh, it feels like Apple is just, you know, just just wants to do phone stuff. Like they just want to focus on iPhones. They want to focus on iPads. You know that that's that's basically what they want to do. But they want to kill off the Mac and make the iPad. But they the can't. They, it, yeah, they can't though. That's the problem. Like it, it's 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 weird because like if to do iOS development, you gotta have a Mac, right? You gotta have Xcode. You gotta have uh, you gotta have that ecosystem right there so they can't completely abandon it but it feels like they want to right they They could though because they could just make an ios laptop Mm. and everyone says it's a terrible idea everyone says it's a terrible idea but yeah um, it is you do not have to drop the existing ui paradigm since there's a new one because every computer in the year 2018 ships the fucking command line so i i don't buy that argument i've never bought that argument once now (laughs) is this if they do it now like right they release like an like an ibook or whatever right that ran ios and had a mouse and keyboard obviously ios would have to be reworked but we're going to assume that ios would be reworked to uh support those input devices and that there would be some kind of migration path for mac apps they could totally make it a thing Mm. i i i I don't know i feel like apple still want to keep that to, to keep those two markets uh separate but at the same time it feels like they don't have enough focus on on the mac right now uh but that's uh... but they're the only ones doing it though apple yeah. google literally is not with chrome os apps running on android and all that sort of stuff and Fusion and all that other stuff with their new os microsoft yeah. is making it so that windows is like the most portable thing out there it's like yep. what what's the point what what is the point of apple continuing to have two os's where they where one suffers at the expense of the other and everything mm-hmm. else apple does is ios based right well i mean it's all bsd based with darwin but you get what i mean right like watch os is built off of ios technologies and um probably some of the kernel stuff that apple has done to make it work really well on arm devices yeah and if apple made a ios laptop it honestly would run better than most cheap Intel processors, like most of the core M3s. Probably, well, yeah. They're not but, M3s anymore, uh, right? But like the no. those ultra ultra uh, low power Intel um, chips. Yeah, any of Apple it. ARM chips would would be faster than that. So at this point, right, the only reason they're not doing it is just because some like purity thing, right, where it's like you don't want to mix your peanut butter and your chocolate, but like it's not that bad if you put them together, right? Like um, I. That was a terrible analogy. I'm going to yeah, log I off mean, now. But, okay, but 
like honestly, I, I I don't know. Like it's it feels like desktop operating systems, even with um, I think the correct way to do it, it would be what Microsoft is doing right now. But I don't know. I don't know if Apple is interested in that. If Apple is not like Apple always hyper focuses, which 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 doesn't lean well lead well to like a sort of like a merging like a sort of like a OS that can change shape, right? Like it's, it's it feels weird to say that it's, it's sort of like an abstract concept to me. Like it feels like Microsoft ha- makes this OS that is supposed to be malleable, right? It's supposed to be flexible. It's supposed to bend to the screen size, to the to the the computing power, uh, to the requirements of the user. But for for Apple, it feels like more like the design for the hardware specifically. Uh, so it those OSs feel inflexible. They feel less malleable. So it. It's not a very Apple thing to do, uh, to have that sort of you know melding of uh, to have that one OS right, the one one OS that they run everywhere. Uh, I don't know that that just feels like an unApple thing to do, which is probably but why they they already done. have it outside of the user land though, right? That's the thing. Like macOS and iOS are the same core technologies once you get below the user land, which is yeah, but so that's, like it, that's not really relevant. Like that's like I feel like we're we're sort of looking at it from. Uh, the core view, but Apple still sees them as entirely separate. And I think that's the key point here. Like Apple sees the markets as entirely um, sort of like they, they see it as like a, like a separate market. They don't see the priorities that they have for iOS are not the same priorities like they have for uh, Mac OS. They feel the and fallout these, though, right? These, what do you have right now? Because of the fact that you're diverting resources, you have a Mac app store, which no one uses. You have people not making Mac apps. You have most new Mac apps are Electron now, right? Like there, there are bad things happening when you don't give your desktop platform love and attention. Right. Yes. That's, that is a thing that now that is a problem that, um, I think Apple needs to solve before it becomes way like really bad before, uh, before there's more stagnation, as you mentioned, in the Mac App Store, uh, and there 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 are a lot of Mac apps that people you know like new Mac apps are not really a thing. Like is there like uh, all the Mac apps right now have been around for a while, right? Like the all the established Mac apps are have been apps that have been around for a long time. Uh, it it often feels like Mac apps are not really something most developers want to do because it's it's, it's the kind of a niche thing at this point like you bought a, you bought an audio app a mac app right uh yeah it's it's, it's called fargo uh what else what else have you bought have you bought that is a new mac app what do you say new mac apps i've bought in this year yeah anything, okay um, like anything that you think is new things three uh, things three okay card hop what else fargo obviously um audio hijack was in a new mac app let me check real quick uh bear Bear I have a subscription to. This is a good notes app. Mm-hmm. Um, Pacebot, end of last year. Yeah. Um, besides that, it's those apps. But at the same yeah. time, though, let's flip it that way. What new iPhone apps have you bought in recently that like stay on your home screen? I haven't bought an iPhone app in a long time. And when I was don't the last time the- like, a big iPhone app release came out that we like thought was really cool? Outside um, of like some social app, outside of some like dumb Valley funded like machine learning, we're going to make it like a gorilla kind the of. The last big up, app update I really liked was the podcast app I use, Casps, uh, redesigned their app, uh, and that was a big deal because it, it was it was it wasn't updated for a while, and then they, they did a whole redesign. Uh, but other than that, I think. I like I don't remember buying any significant iOS apps that were like you know uh, redid or redone. Like honestly, I don't remember the last time I actually bought something from the iOS app store. I think the last thing I bought was a game. Maybe I think it was uh, uh, Reigns, or maybe it was Threes from the uh, iOS app store. But other than that, I, I didn't buy anything. So. So I don't know what that says. Like I, I don't know if that just says that people have already found the apps that they want and those are they're not buying new ones. But that's that's a different topic entirely. Well, no. But my point is that software moves slowly now, and that after the initial, so in in the early two thousands, right before me and you ever really used macOS, just because yeah. of like how 
Apple's growth then, right? Like yeah. they were pumping out new Macs consistently, so there was a lot of hype around it. And yeah. then when iOS came out, Mac apps started to become less and less common. When the apps are open, you have more people making iPhone apps. Yeah. But now 10 years into it, it's starting to slow off. I think this is natural. Yeah, like, let's let's yeah, flip it another that's... way. When was the last time you bought a Windows app? And when was the last time you downloaded a Windows app from the Windows store that wasn't a port of an app you already used, right? Oh. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's... I haven't bought a Windows application in a long time. The last Windows application that I remember buying was uh, VMware professional uh, VMware Workstation, uh, and that was that was it. I don't remember anything else. Uh, there hasn't been like a significant desktop software release since Google Chrome came out in two thousand eight. Like from Spotify existed as a desktop app before 2008. Since the since Chrome came out, what desktop apps that like are must have for every single person or like really important have came out? I think just the Office suite, but the Office suite has been around for a long time. So but that's, like, that's, that's of, like an update, right? I'm talking about yeah. a brand new app. I'm not talking mm. about updates to an existing app. And nothing other than games come to mind. So uh, I don't know. So I think like my whole point is that software as a whole i think is starting to stagnate a little bit yeah because the if we look like back 10 years or if you help you look back from this launch of this podcast to now yeah slack maybe might be like the one of the more important ones yeah but everything that we use today and everything we talk about today existed in one form or another back in 2015 right um i'm gonna exclude social from this because social is a whole other thing i'm talking about desktop apps if someone yeah. has to be saying mastodon right <laughs> because it's it, it, that is I don't know. I just feel like people don't care about apps. They like people have found the things that work with computers. And just like how, you know, a hundred years ago, once like one paper towel company became really popular, people just kind of use those paper towels. It's the same sort of concept, I think. I don't I don't think that computing is gonna be this everlasting volcano of like um valley voice here innovation sprouting out every couple of months right <laughs> like that's just i don't that's not how it works like nowadays I, too right yeah what, what when it, I'm, I'm gonna talk about cars and i'm sorry i know you hate car analogies but outside of a tesla when was the last time a big car like breakthrough came out and you're, you're looking at hybrids over 10 years ago of like the prius in 2006 2007 Things move slowly and things are starting to slow down with computers. And I think that's fine. I think that's fine as well. I think that's probably for the best. I mean, you don't, you don't want to move too fast and break things uh, as is the Valley motto. Uh, but yeah, though, back to Apple, I think. <laughs> back to Apple. We digressed um, so a lot. The Apple Watch came out. The AirPods came out. The HomePod came out. Yeah. iOS 10, iOS 11, Mac OS High Sierra. High OS Sierra. El, El, El Capitan. El, uh, El Capitan came out. Um, watch OS 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 soon. Yeah. And TV, the Apple, the new Apple TV came out and TV OS came out. Yeah. So out of all of those, I actually think that they're their strategy isn't a bad one right yeah because it's like uh, steve jobs on stage right said at the back that it was like the digital hub but like the, i think they successfully moved away from the mac to making iCloud your digital hub right right instead yeah. of the iphone because i mean they're sort of trying yeah they're sort of trying that i think that's that's what they're doing uh icloud's gone a hell of a lot better though since 2015 <laughs> oh yeah that's yeah. that's they still though st like apple the one thing that ha probably hasn't changed is apple still offers five gigs of storage uh, but that's because they just want to make money off of you right after you buy yeah, the phone that's, that's literally the only reason why they do it now yeah. is because you know you're going to pay a dollar or yeah, five dollars to get I more do. storage uh, because i yeah. do it i, I do, do it. as well yeah so yeah that's that's the only thing that apparently hasn't changed uh but I feel like Apple at this point, I think this is a good point. Uh, we're going to talk about the HomePod, right? And like, that's the latest Apple product release. Uh, and it feels like this is the most close to Apple products so far, right? Like, this is the, like, this thing that, that is here now, uh, uh, as the Verge put it, is, is, is very lonely. It's the low, it's a lonely speaker because it only works with, Apple Music, right? Um, uh, it, it you could play Spotify with it with uh, with AirPlay, but it won't like you can't use your voice to control here's, it. Right? Here's the problem with doing AirPlay stuff. Um, yeah. I think they talked about ADB a little bit. AirPlay reencodes the the compressed stream 
into another format to send it over the network to your device and there's a delay from that to it playing on that device because it hits your phone and playback controls have to go through your phone so um from an audio quality perspective airplay is not good and from it being like fast airplay works well enough but um if you're buying a 350 dollars speaker you want that sound quality and you don't want to be airplaying spotify streams yeah probably not but the thing is like it, the, the the verge review points out it's there's too much like there's the only good thing is that it is it's it's a very good set of speakers in there right like other than that there's nothing compelling about it right now and i don't doubt that one bit right like yeah. i i'm willing to bet that that speaker probably sounds freaking amazing especially yeah. how they do like an analysis of the room based off of sounds yeah, you yeah, can't hear like, I, like that um, is super cool the apple uh, sorry the verge did a video uh they did they, they recorded uh multiple speaker systems uh like multiple like the sonos and the google google home max uh and the amazon uh echo uh and they, re- they recorded all of them with with very good headphones uh, sorry very, very good microphones and whatnot and it's extreme like even with the cursory recording it's it's you can you can tell that the uh home pod is is way ahead uh of out of all of them like that it really has does have the best sound it sounds like the most full, right? Which I yeah, think does, is what yeah. when 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 we talk about audio quality, I think fullness is not something me or you pay attention to. But I think when you talk to folks who aren't into audio, right, and they are just um, like people who go to Best Buy and buy a speaker, they usually say they want a speaker that's loud. But I think it's that a loudness what they mean is fullness, right? Where like it's like the sound kind of embraces you because the bass is perfectly tuned and nothing's being distorted and it can still get really loud which is something that a lot of speakers and headphones struggle to do right so like filling the room i think is, is what people look for right they want to they want the sound to fill a room but it, they don't want it to sound distorted or um uh, like they don't want it to uh sound too bassy you know stuff like that uh so that that's what the home pod succeeds at but other than that, it's it's kind of bad because Siri is also bad. Like Siri on it, uh, Siri is not good. Like it's it's just we've been saying it for a while. Siri is, Siri has improved, but it is still quite uh, behind. Uh, like on the HomePod, uh, you cannot have multiple people like multiple voice recognition. So if you if you if you if you set up the HomePod uh, and you don't turn off personal requests. Anybody can just walk up to it uh, while your phone is on Wi-Fi and ask the HomePod to play messages, right? So that's uh, that's not good. That that's not a good situation. That's that's a security flaw right there. If I'm being honest, uh, so that's that's this. Home- this feels like the most Microsoft of the 2000s era that apple has ever been with the product right yeah that's it's kind of weird it's because it's, it only works with apple stuff and it's like it's that smug assumption that of course you're going to buy it because you use apple stuff right yeah like, you remember back when microsoft used to certify devices to be windows media player certified yeah or like microphones that were skype certified <laughs> yeah. like all that whole mess like this just screams of that and i know i know that, well i don't know but i'm i'm willing to bet that apple is going to open up siri kit to music device uh, um audio apps yeah because, because like if you want to play podcasts right like yeah. who no don't use the stock apple podcast apps it's bad yeah it's not and good it's just all it's just it's so much locking in this right yeah the, like, the, that's the that's the theme here i think this is the theme with the home pod is it's it is pure locking like it is amazing like I, i've never seen an apple product that that is so like like, Which is weird, right? Because yeah. they haven't been locked in. If you look at the Apple Watch, right, I don't have to have Apple's date app as my date displayer, right, on my watch face. I can use any so any like calendar app for that. On the phone now, maybe you can't change defaults, but like you can remove Apple apps. So the fact that they did like such a turn away from that to make the HomePod is what's really interesting. Are they, are, are they really trying to get more people to switch to Apple Music? Because I don't think that's going to work. I don't think that's like people are not going to like... It it feels like some some exec was like, yeah, we we need to log this in so that people people switch to switch to Apple Music, and that's that's not happening. I don't think that's gonna happen. Like I, it's just I I feel like that's the wrong play. Uh, I I mean, maybe maybe people switch to Apple Music for it, but at this point, if you have an iPhone, you're probably using Spotify or Apple Music, right? And Apple Music yeah. is growing, yeah, but. 
Spotify is still much like yeah, Spotify still has 80,000, 80 million, 80 million. 80, yeah, 80 million users and Apple Music has around 20 million. Yeah. And the problem is, yeah, Spotify is, uh, is in more countries than Apple Music at this point as well. Um, and it is, it is supported by more, ev- basically every other speaker mm-hmm. device. Wait, 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 wait. It's the country thing. That's different. Mm-hmm. Spotify, no, I mean, no, 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 Apple I meant, Music. Uh, I, I meant, uh, Spotify is, uh, available on other the other speaker systems uh, oh okay yeah i was about to be like because apple music is and i think i want to say in the same round more might be even more countries than spotify because apple music is in most markets that itunes is in and itunes is basically universal around the world right uh but the thing is spotify is is available uh, like you can use spotify with all the other and you can set as your default right yeah so like for the alexa ooh, hope mine didn't go off <laughs> you can say hey alexa I'm 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 sorry to anyone who's went off. You know, actually, hey Alexa, play DNA by Kendrick Lamar. Um, oh. You're welcome. But uh, you can do that, and it'll play from Spotify if you have Spotify selected as your default. Yep. Uh, and the Sonos obviously integrates as well as Google Home, Max uh, also does. Uh, so it's like you. This is not. It's not. It's not compelling. Like this is even for people who own all Apple products. I feel like this is a bit. A bit, maybe. And it's also like, it's missing features, right? It's missing like multi-speaker playback. Like it's missing AirPlay 2, right? Or AirPlay 3, what is it? No, AirPlay 2. That's the one yeah. that's been delayed. So yeah. this is even ship finished, which is weird for an Apple product. Yeah. But um, I I think this is probably like the most representative of the company right now, right? Like great mm. hardware, but just being held back by a software view that probably needs to change. Yeah, the software. And I think it is going to change. They've been getting trashed so much recently over software quality and all and so many other things. Yeah. I, I hope it's changing. And with any leaks of the latest version of iOS, if any of them are true, I think it is starting to change. Probably. I hope so. I hope I I do hope the HomePod gets, you know, HomePod uh gets SiriKit uh domain support for audio apps like podcast players and music players so we can actually have like like the speaker would actually be worthwhile to buy like like the it's, it's a shame because the audio quality is so good it'd be a shame if the product never really took off because it didn't really support anything else other than apple music uh yeah right if like once siri kit is expanded if that happens which really should yeah. like i would just tell everyone like you know you should probably get a home pod if you care about audio quality just because yeah. of how much better it sounds yeah exactly like it's that's that's the shame that's basically the sh- uh, like the the first video is basically like, it's a shame that it's like you know like such a good set of speakers um sort of crippled by the software as it is now like lock-in and the software uh so that's Apple. We want to talk about some of the other tech companies. I think at this point, I think we should move on to to Google. <laughs> Google, uh, what is going on with Google? Like honestly, like, um, so Google broke up into Alphabet. In the oh yeah, yeah, well, that episode. happened. Yeah, um, yeah, Google bought Nest. Google sold Motorola. Google mm-hmm. um, acquired turned Nest into a Google subsidiary. Yeah. Now Nest is integrated with mainline Google, and yeah. every founder has left. Um, oh, Alphabet, meanwhile, has broke up all the Google X. Moonshots is what they used to be called. The companies by itself, driving cars, Google Glass, all those are in now separate divisions within Alphabet, yeah. which is essentially like one giant holding company. Yep. Um, and what has Google done? Since 2015, Google has done a couple of things, right? Yeah. A, they stopped giving a fuck about Android on tablets. B, yeah. Chrome OS <laughs> has gotten really good and Chromebooks have gotten really great. C, um, Google is as bad as Microsoft when it comes to abusing their dominant position in the web with Google Chrome. Yeah. And uh, D, they still have yet to figure out Google Play Music All Access and YouTube Red. Oh, and God. they have 27. Oh, wait, one more. F. I skipped E, because F is for what the fuck is this? <laughs> Google has 37 chat apps and they keep launching two new chat apps every year. <laughs> I think that was an exaggeration, but it does really feel that Google is is a bit. The latest is what Duo and Allo, right? Duo um, and Allo, which um, I'm sorry, Mark. Thanks for you. Thank you for hitting me up on WhatsApp the other day <laughs> to realize I deleted my Allo account after you listened to the episode. You're a real one. <laughs> um, but yeah, Google is. Um, I mean, the, the let's talk about Android for a bit. I guess the tablet thing is very sad like the last tablet um that i had was the nexus 7 um uh the first generation nexus 7 which which had its problems it had a lot of problems it it had bad hardware design 
uh, quality. It failed. It, it failed. The storage failed, remember, and the screens would mm-hmm. crack so yep. easily on the Nexus 7. And then the problem is, too, the internal storage was just slowed down because of yep. file system bugs. Yep. And, yeah, that was – I had to throw mine away because it was basically unusable. Like, at a certain point, like, even if the things turned on, it was just, like, so slow that it's it's like you might as well throw it away because it's, it's not useful anymore. Uh, so that was the Nexus 7, and I feel like that was the death of the Android tablet. Like, that was the – like Android tablet as Google envisioned them, right? There was never a next, like there was the ne- the Pixel tablet, right? What was it? The Pixel, what is it called? The Pixel P- C, which Google no longer sells. Yep. So that's that's also like that felt like half hearted effort. Uh, There's also the Nexus 10 and the Nexus 9, but we don't talk about them. Yeah. The problem with this is that Android itself is not really like you know like the apps are not there, right? Like the apps have not supported. Um, and like tablet versions, like the developers are not really interested in the only vendor that still really is into app, uh, Android tablets is Samsung and Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft has really good tablet versions of all of their apps, which is super funny. Like yeah. Microsoft Office works really well on an Android tablet. Yeah, the but- Android apps. Yeah, that's. The like. thing the thing with Android though is that Google stopped caring about Android tablets, which is the problem, right? Yeah. Which is. Google apps do not work well on Android tablets, which is the problem. Yeah. And I I think now they're working on Chrome OS, they're adding tablet support to Chrome OS, and I think that's probably the better play at this point, just to give up on Android on tablets probably, and make yeah. Chromebooks run Android apps, which has been getting better. Update from the last time I talked about it. Yeah. They are acceptable now. Um, but it's it's interesting that they just threw the towel in the market because even then Apple's been struggling, but at the very least Apple is able to turn around that ship by turning um, iOS into more desktop like devices. Yeah. I mean, that's like, honestly, like Google, I don't know, like the Chromebook thing is where they're headed. Well, the, it's because Sundar has like he what he really prioritizes right now is Google's AI efforts, which is something I think that the older me and Static have gotten, the more opposed we've been to it because it's the idea, right? Collect all the world's data and then we give you a bomb ass AI experience using machine learning. Mm-hmm. But at what cost, right? Are you collecting all of that data? Mm. And I feel like the older we've gotten and the more we've progressed through this podcast, the more skeptical we've gotten yeah, really, that Google yeah. is the one we should trust. Yeah, the thing is, like, when when we first started, I feel like we were more excited that Google is doing, you know, this really cool machine learning uh, neural nets. And, you know, like, at some level, all that tech is, 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 is very cool. But the consequences, you know, like that amount of data collection... What does it? What does that mean uh, for future? For the future, for the future of information and the future of you know like people and like people of culture, uh, like a lot of things are related to information that, that Google collects. Um, so this so that that one time at Google I/O when they when they were talking about their neural nets making other neural nets, like in some part of me was like that is extremely cool but also extremely scary right like that is like weird like it's like this weird like uh, thing about like i'm not a af- like i'm not really afraid of the technology but i'm afraid of what google like like what sort of power google is amassing because that is what the information age is about. like what scares me more right is yeah. not the software right but yeah. it's like what's on those hard drives and more importantly who has access to those hard drives to have all this information yeah because so right now we operate in a somewhat transparent democracy right where maybe like the government can't just walk into google with like guns and be like hey show us all this data you have on everyone yeah but at the same time we also have a giant cheeto in office right now so <laughs> he could totally just be like hey google um, I'm going to FISA order you to give me information on people I don't like. And while that is illegal, I have no faith in the current system protecting us from that. Right. So the best option is to not collect that data to begin with. Yes, if you don't have the data, you cannot give it away. I, I think that is that is the thing that I think uh, we have come uh, sort of like an understanding is like, I basically don't use Google's uh, stuff anymore. I Well, I say that mostly because I still have to use the Google email for work but that's like it's all work stuff there's no personal stuff in there uh and like basically i still have my old google account but that hasn't been actively used in a long time because i no longer have an android device so that's also that uh 
and I, I don't use any Google apps on my iOS device. I don't use uh, photos. I don't use. Uh, you have YouTube though, right? I only yeah. Okay, so YouTube is the only remaining uh, Google app, I guess, uh, that I really really use. Um, and I feel like that's like I can't really step away from it. Like I like I use YouTube quite a bit, uh, and that's just that. So. And then there's like the the Chrome thing, which we've had many browser discourses before <laughs> on the show, but it's just the, the TLDR, TLDW, TLDL, yeah, of it, um, .dll files. <laughs> the the TLDLL of this is that um, <laughs> Google has the same kind of position Microsoft had of Internet Explorer six, and even though someone's going to at me saying, "Oh, the W three C decides things," um, Google like who. Who really runs and funds the W3C, right? Like, you know, who pays those who pay you? And um, Google has enough influence and control that if Google says this is a new web standard, um, people will use it. Like, progressive web apps, for the most part, came out of Chrome things that had originally started. You remember Chrome apps? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of that just sort of manifested itself like eight years later into what progressive web apps are today. And that's all Google's doing. It's sure we could say progressive web apps were a good thing, but um, there's some like Codex, for example, right? Yeah. WebM versus H two six five. Yeah, like that is a dumb battle, and we can argue that Apple or Microsoft should be using open standards, and I think Microsoft's supporting WebM now. Yeah, but at the end of the day, the fact that Google just dick just like one day bought out a company and said, "Hey, this is going to be the future standard for all video on the web," and then successfully did that, yeah, is too much power for one co- entity yep, to exactly. have. Exactly. That's the problem. Is not that Google is a good steward now. It's that Google's that power. Um, what's what's the saying? Power corrupts, and power corrupts absolutely. Right. Like I think that's people are afraid of. Like once you have that sort of power, like what is stopping you from basically dictating web standards from now on? Right. Like it's it's basically it becomes IE six all over again. Is what people are afraid of. I think that's 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 the fear. Uh, you see those articles about Chrome being the new IE, you know? Um, and I, f- I don't feel like the fear is sort of justified. It, it, it feels like Chrome is uh, dictating where, where browsers go. Uh, and that's that's not really a good place to be, uh, as we found out uh, all those years ago. So, Well, uh, we found out. And now you, you the problem is, we only found out too because we were into computers when we were younger. But people yeah. our age, right? Yeah, we're not the into tech when we were the younger, so they don't understand. I I know for a fact that when I start talking about electron apps and why they're terrible and like the old web, <laughs> and when I talk about like blogs and stuff, no one knows what I'm talking about. Like if I say the word pingbacks, you have three people who are like, "That's my shit," and you have everyone else who is like, "What?" Also, tracebacks are better than pingbacks. I know that's just the example, right? Like people were too young who are now working at startups and working at companies that they just don't know what it was like to be under IE6. So we are doomed to repeat history. Is that is that what you're saying? I think that's I really the, hope not. Uh, oh. I keep I keep like waving my flag saying, you know, um Oh my god. You know what I just realized? Yeah. Like the reason that like system D discourse gets so angry on Mastodon is that all these kids like weren't there when UDev was a thing and we had system init or whatever it was called beforehand. Like, I don't think they were actively using Linux back when those were like what everyone used. Right. So like nowadays people are just like, I system D has never affected my life because they just, they weren't using Linux in a, in a capacity that it would have way back when, while me and you were just like messing around, like having random vms and stuff yeah so so there's a matter of perspective like for for some people it doesn't seem like a big deal because it's the it has been the status quo for them right so if 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 it feels like you have always lived in that same status quo it doesn't feel like a big deal right but if you've seen like a a change like uh the ie6 to back when mozilla mozilla's got its uh ground like like when it started grading ground with firefox Kids, kids listening, I want to tell you, I want to tell you a story. It's about, it's about an application called Firefox. You might know about it, but me and Static, we, we cut our teeth on something called Firefox 3.5. Oh God. That, that was that good shit. Oh, uh, yeah. Firefox 3.5 was like a huge, huge release. Like I think, uh, for a long time, 
Uh, and and kids might be thinking, but my browser updates every six months. No, 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 no. That's not how the web works back then. <laughs> Your browser updated once or twice a year minus security releases, right? Yeah. Basically. Like Firefox 3.5 is a thing for two years and we didn't complain because IE7 had been a thing for four years at that point. And IE7 was absolutely hard garbage. So um, the alternative was just, you know, use Firefox. And Firefox 3.5, mind you, was not absolutely not perfect. It would, it would crash. Uh, there were memory leaks all over the place, uh, bugs everywhere, you know, like it was not perfect, but uh, even better. Firefox 3.5 had this thing. You might, you might be surprised, but once upon a time, a long time ago, tabs used to be on the bottom of web browsers. That's, that's a long time. Uh, that's, that's actually, a, <laughs> that's a, that's almost, te- that's over 10 years ago that web browser browsers have had besides Safari have had top tabs for like a decade now. Mm, yeah. Like uh, Firefox three point five was was a big deal until like they, they, they basically I think refactored a lot of Firefox I think a lot of memory improvements and like performance improvements because Firefox three point five had a lot of performance issues. Um, I feel like that's enough browser history uh, for one episode. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna be I think we need Firefox to talk- three point nine three point five came out in two thousand nine. I just wanted to point that out there, and that's- it four point came out I believe in like. 2011 yeah even it supported i'm sorry i know you want to move on for this but i just have to point out like how how old this was it supported this hot new tag called video and audio in the html5 draft specification like I I'm gonna keep on going about this because okay, nowadays no, 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 yeah, yeah, you're right. You this you is... kids take for granted, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your browser's passing the acid three test. Oh but back my in god! My day, back in test. my day, whenever a new browser version came out, we would just down. We would go straight to acid three and see if it passed. Oh Jesus! I like you're right. Like I remember when HTML five was not a thing when we had Adobe Flash for videos. Uh, like every video player site would use Adobe Flash, right? You'd have YouTube using yep. Adobe Flash. You'd have uh, basically every site that played video at that point used uh, Adobe, like a variant Adobe, of Adobe Pl- Flash player. Remember Macromedia Shockwave? Oh, Shockwave! Uh, that was that was even longer. Uh, that was a like Shockwave. By the time Firefox three point five was basically dead, I think Shockwave at that point was relegated to the realm of games right like online like little little games yeah like uh what was the website called i think it was uh congregate new, yeah congregate and new ground new ground yeah. or yeah it, it, or ebon's world too you remember yeah, that there's a portion of our audience who has no idea what the fuck we just talked about so it's uh, like, like the world ebon's world ebon's world <laughs> that word probably does not register to like all but five people um <laughs> so like it is this is important to talk about because yeah. This world that we have is so much different. Yeah, like even we talked about turntable. I'm pretty sure I don't. I I'm going to say that a lot of people don't even know what we're talking about with that. Yeah, it's. Oh <laughs> Do you remember my anime list? Is that still around? Yeah, it's I still around. I still use it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that talk about websites that haven't changed in over like 15 years. Yeah. Um, and also, there's one last before we move on because you really should move on. Yeah. Um. I just want to say I miss you what.cd. This won't fit oh, in anywhere, but oh I miss God. you what.cd. Yeah, no, rest in peace, uh, what.cd. Uh, that, that was very formative uh, in my teenage years. Uh, like a lot of music, like my enjoyment of music as a thing uh, sort of happened because of what.cd, and that's, that's very important. Uh, so rest in peace, what.cd. Uh, for those who have never been in a what.cd, man, yeah. That's that's an experience, uh, I don't think. So moving on, right? Uh, what else do we have? We're gonna talk uh, about Microsoft, now, I think, right? Uh, I go, we gotta talk about Microsoft. I think Microsoft is the last one. I think we should talk about it. the rest. I don't think needs talking about. Yeah, basically uh, the what we had left that we thought we were gonna talk about, but I believe I don't want to make this over too much over an hour. Yeah, we had Amazon and Facebook. Facebook, lol, ruining democracy. Delete your account. And Amazon really is. Um, they're just as bad as Google, but m- more people like them because they don't realize that they're taking everyone's jobs. Yeah. I think that's like the best way to sum it up. There's a, there's a lot of discourse to have in the middle of it, but that's like the thesis statement <laughs> for a lot of discourse. Um, uh, Microsoft. So, Microsoft. Uh, uh, so as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, 
the first episode of this podcast came out the day before uh, Windows 10 came out to manufacturers, right? Released to manufacturing. Uh, so Windows 10, from then to now, like how far has it come? Like that's that's like a huge, that's a, that's a while. It's like three years uh, of Windows 10 um, at this point. Uh, we were using Windows 8.1 at that time, right? Like Windows 8.1 was the release. I know a lot of people stuck to Windows 7 because uh, Windows 8.1's Metro design was unappealing to a lot of people. Like people dismiss it because it felt like, you know, like this huge, uh, huge text, uh, huge buttons, uh, you know, like the start screen. Remember when the start screen was, uh, was a, topic of hot discourse because everybody was just like how do we turn that off like everybody, everybody would be looking for third-party utilities that you could turn oh, the you remember too that windows like the hat hit the start button by default and everyone got super upset yep <laughs> what um, a fucking world yeah and then windows 8.1 was like like what did like i don't remember why windows 8.1 was a thing like they had to, windows like, 8.1 wasn't it was like a service pack but it also like had some shell changes so they like branded it as a new release yeah um, windows 8 it brought back the start button 8.1 it gave you more customization options for the start menu yeah and it also had improvements to metro apps metro metro remember metro <laughs> remember metro <laughs> i'm sorry there's so many like People who are young and don't know what we're talking about who are probably thinking right now, I hate these people. <laughs> but like, I I apologize to anyone who is young who is listening and all the old people. Please at me with your opinions about Fedora Ten. Oh God, Fedora Ten. Um, but yeah, Metro was a big deal because it was it it, it like showed like like Microsoft was trying to figure out um if they could put Metro on um on desktop right that that's what they're trying to do they were trying to put metro on desktop and i think it didn't work out i think christian i think it was a failure uh metro yeah, metro failed it was yeah, a failure on mobile too let's be honest metro as a whole was a failure the only thing metro succeeded on was the xbox and the zune yeah that's i mean rest in peace zune because uh i feel like that's another product that got overshadowed by the ipod um so I don't think a lot of people actually had a suit, so that was that's also a thing. Uh, but yeah, so Windows 8.1 is a failure, and Windows 10 came out around the time we started this podcast, and Windows 10 has only gotten better. Um, the telemetry stuff is still creepy, as we talked about last episode, but as a whole, Microsoft's uni- universal Windows platform strategy has been really cohesive, and I believe they're on the right path of Windows. And right now, what they're working on, right, is sort of compartmentalizing Windows. So you, if you, um, say, you have an IoT device, you don't have to have a special version of Windows. You can just request like Windows to be loaded, the same Windows as Windows 10, but minus the desktop shell. So Microsoft's breaking out all the parts of Windows. So which makes it more interesting for different devices, right? Because then you can bring back Windows Mobile because you can have a mobile uh, shell while having the same core, and then you wouldn't have two separate paths to update. It would just be every time there's a kernel update, you update the kernel, it stays with mainline Windows 10 because everything is being developed separately, but all works together in in a one cohesive system. Um, That's called Andromeda. And they're also working on a new Surface device that has two screens, um, which is like the Courier. And I think that this is probably the right path for Windows as a software platform, right? Like this is what you want. If it's if, if you're not going to win mobile, at least make Windows the OS of everything instead of because it used to be Windows was the OS of desktop computers and desktop computers are everything, but that's not the case anymore. No, it's so not. you have Windows work on anything with any kind of chip. Yep, basically, like they they've realized that the desktops uh, have certainly faded from you know sort of. Um, I mean, desktops are still around, but it feels like the, the, the domination of more portable devices, uh, tablets, uh, mobile devices, uh, Internet of Thing devices, uh, you know, VMs and like servers, and like it's like they have realized that the desktop is not where they can still like sort of rule the nest because that nest is getting smaller, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, that's when. Well, we have to talk about Surface too now, right? Yeah. Because so when we started this podcast, I had just gotten a Surface Three. You had a Surface Pro f- Three, three, right? Yeah, yeah. I, g- you, I gave you that never to my got brother. A, yeah, yeah, you never had a Surface Pro Four. No. Um, and fucking Panos Panay, like, please come on the podcast. <laughs> 
we keep talking about Panos Pane. I feel like we need to like in uh, what was it talking about Roper, uh, Mr. Roper. Uh, okay, so rest in peace, Brian Roper. You're still alive, but you got fired from Microsoft in the lay in a layoff. Yeah. But um, Microsoft's Surface team has really been putting out consistently great devices. Yeah. Granted, the Surface Studio is underpowered, but like other to hardware design is on point. Yeah. Dude. The durability of devices have gotten better. Yeah. And the reliability rate has gotten better. Yeah. And like I can now in 2018, if anyone asked me if they want a Windows device, I would just say a Surface. And if they said which one, I would say pick the one that you like the best, right? And you, yeah. you know you're getting a good computer. Yeah, basically. Like if you go to a Microsoft store and just like pick one of those, right? Like pick one of the Surface laptops or the one of the Surface uh sorry, the Surface Books or the Surface Pro devices, like whichever one suits. Like some for some people the Surface Pro wouldn't work because of the way it's like sort of physically laid out. Like you couldn't really use it as a laptop, right? Uh so like you could get the Surface Book instead. But either of those products I think have are really solid. And it's no longer the case that like there's garbage Windows laptops everywhere. Like Windows laptops have gotten better, I feel like, over the years. Uh I don't know really because I don't I haven't used a Windows laptop in, in a long-ass time. Uh, so that's, uh, I don't know, actually. So they, uh, um, the general consensus that they've gotten better, at the very least, trackpads have gotten better. <laughs> trackpads have gotten better. Yeah, yeah, trackpads. And are... cheap Windows laptops have gotten better. Yeah. Um, Intel has been kind of stagnating with desktop chips, but Microsoft has not increased the system requirements of Windows since Windows Vista. Mm-hmm. So Windows has only gotten more lightweight and more performant. Yeah, and Windows has gotten more stable as well. Like uh, I haven't seen a crash. Like I haven't seen Windows crash in since Windows Seven. Honestly, like I haven't seen uh, like a blue screen of death, or uh, like uh, like uh, nowadays it's like a blue screen of like. Uh, it's a sad face. It's a sad face. Like uh, kids don't even remember the actual blue screen of that, right? Do they? Like, do do people even know what the actual blue screen of that looks like? Uh, it's this entirely blue screen with the special font. Um, I don't know. It's a console font. I don't. I don't remember the name of it. Uh, is I think it's just called console. It, it used to be the command prompt. Consolas? No, no. Consolas is not the font. It's it's like a it, it, the command prompt. Prompt. People who know what I'm talking about would probably know. Um, like it would be an entirely blue screen. It would be this like white text on on a blue screen, entirely covered your screen. It would be like, "Hey, your your system had this sort of crash." Uh, pro- oh, and then you get like a sixteen hex digit code. To have yeah, to you, you like get Google. a code. Yeah, you get a code that you probably have to note down if you want to troubleshoot that. Um, and most of the time, it was probably like a driver crashing, right? It might be like, say, your graphics driver crashed, or your audio driver crashed, or yeah, back in the day, your fifty six k modem driver crashed. Uh, do people even know what a modem is? Uh, but that's the, the I would I haven't seen one of those in a long ass time. Like I haven't seen Windows crash in a long, long time. Like like sometimes I get driver crashes, but it doesn't crash Windows anymore. Like uh, well, because it's all compartmentalized, right? Yeah. Like everything's in its own process, and it can't take down the system. Yeah. So like, yeah. Just Windows has gotten better. Um, yeah. security wise. As you say on Pentagon, oh, please use Windows 10. Yeah. Um, Windows has gotten really great about protecting you. Yeah, it has. And I think Microsoft's OS strategy has been great. Microsoft's Surface strategy has been great. Yeah. Um, granted, some people are putting Surface Pro 4s in their, or the new Surface 2017 Surface Pro's in a freezer because of a display flickering issue. Oh, yeah. But that's, yeah. Um, don't put your little computer in a freezer. It's a <laughs> yeah, condensation that, yeah, that's, is the thing. Yeah, that's just go to. Go to a Microsoft store and get that stuff warrantied out. Uh, because yeah, don't don't put your computer in your fucking freezer. Like, please, just like, like basically though, right? Windows Surface, good stuff. Yeah, um, mobile is dead, which is anyone could have saw that coming. I yeah. think Microsoft cares more about getting their services and apps onto phones, which is probably yeah. the best play. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft iOS apps are really good. Outlook is a good iOS app. Same thing for OneDrive Android. just got redesigned uh, on iOS, so that's yeah. I'm surprised no one has taken up Office. Like, Google really... The only reason people use Google Docs is because it's so lightweight and works well enough. Yeah. But for, like, spreadsheets, nothing is still come comes in terms of Excel. Yeah. Yeah, that's... It really is... It doesn't have... I don't think it has a real competitor in that. I guess nobody's interested in competing with Microsoft uh, on Excel. It's not a very exciting field to compete in, I guess. 
and Excel has so much work put into it. Like the amount of the amount of cost you have to try and take down. Yeah, exactly. Is like, not worth any money you can make from it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just not worth it. It's like you have the established player, and nobody's going to switch from it at this yeah. point. So when Microsoft software has only gotten better, um, their mobile strategy I think is good. Cortana is starting to stagnate, but I think that's really honestly just because they don't have a mobile play and yeah. AI assistants aren't as useful as we thought they'd be. I'm not exactly. saying Microsoft could do more. They could integrate with some smart home stuff, but honestly, I don't I don't think that's a huge area. Yeah. Something that does make me sad though is that Microsoft pulled out of wearables. The they Microsoft yes. band yeah. was the Microsoft band two is months away from being released when we first started recording the podcast. <laughs> and it was a good device. I liked my band. It broke like once on me they they did not last long but i still think the band also do you remember i ever showed you the fucking keyboard on the microsoft band no so you think that like a a thin thing along your wrist would be terrible for typing right yeah but it was so good like (laughs) i do not know how that keyboard was so accurate but like i would think i'm typing a word and i type that word and you would type that word so that's like it it was it was a you like (laughs) You were not precisely hitting anything. You were just kind of guesstimating what word you wanted, but it still worked. Yeah. And I have yet to figure out how they've done that. And more importantly, why haven't they moved this over to like the Windows keyboard? Although to be fair, the Windows phone keyboard is way and great. And so it's a touchscreen Windows um, desktop keyboard if you use it on yep. like a tablet-like device. Yeah. So mobile and wearables is dead. HoloLens was not a thing though. In AR, their VR. What, what do you think about Microsoft's AR and VR push? I like the problem is I don't I don't feel like it's getting enough momentum to get where it needs to be. Like I feel like it, they announced the Hololens stuff and I feel like it sort of died. Like I don't know I haven't heard anything significant out of that um, other than the headset releases. Um, so I don't know. Well, I mean, it's it's more of a push. At least they they have like a whole hardware strategy. Which yeah. Apple and Google don't. Apple and Google are only software right now. Yeah. So I feel like this is still like a nascent market, but. But I don't what? know. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, just, I, I feel like maybe it's not going to be a huge market, but no. I think there's still uses for it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like the whole VR, AR thing is, is a bit, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. It feels like a fad. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it is. Uh, we'll see. If, like, uh, when we do like episode 100, you know, we're going to come back to this, right? We're going to have to come back to all this and be like, what happened? Uh, I'm and willing to bet that HoloLens takes off, or at least Windows on AR devices yeah. takes off. Yeah. Um, so for now, I think we're going to finish the show. Uh, well, wait, wait, wait. What? How are we, we now talking about Xbox? Do, do we need to talk about Xbox? I think we need uh, to just briefly mention that Xbox has been like a resounding turnaround from like when we started recording this. Because we recorded this, so the Xbox One was running that Xbox Windows 8 on the Xbox yeah. One. Yeah, and Microsoft had just promoted um, who the fuck is his name? Oh my god, the head of Xbox, <laughs> Phil Spencer. He had just been promoted to to be head of Xbox, and yeah. so like just quickly, we talk about it a lot. Um, Xbox has been going great, and also too, Microsoft Web Services, I think, have done a, a resounding turnaround yeah. from back. Like Outlook has gotten so much better than when it used to be Hotmail, right? Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of sad. It's like yeah. Microsoft Hot stuff mail. is being so good, but like at the end, no one uses it outside of desktop windows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's Microsoft for you. It's gotten stuck with that whole mentality of like it's only for desktop, but you know that they're, they're trying to fix that. We'll see how long that takes. I think perceptions are going to change. Yeah. Um, it, the best part about this is like how much of a reversal we have from when we started this show. It's only been three <laughs> years, right? But like. <laughs> Now, me and you are no longer caring about Google things. We, yeah. I still like uh, Microsoft stuff. I still like the Xbox and all that. But I'm like on Mac OS. We're on iPhones now, which wasn't the case when we started the show. Right, right. I, I mean, I was, I think. Like, I was on... Uh... You were just... You had just gotten an iPhone, though, after mm-hmm. your Nexus 5 died on you. Yeah. Um. What else? What else changed? Um. Uh-huh. Uh, we everyone got way more like jaded about computers, right? You remember like gadget blogging used to be a thing. That doesn't happen anymore. People are just N-Gadget. like fuck computers. You remember N Gadget? Um, you remember? Oh my god! You remember when N Gadget was the litmus test to see if your browser could support JavaScript well? <laughs> like scroll. Like I remember, I'd be like, if this web browser could scroll N Gadget smoothly, it was a pe- it was like a success. 
Uh, yeah, Engadget. That those were uh, Engadget. A lot of the people from Engadget are now at the Verge, right? So that's like a thing. Uh, so if you if you want to read that, go read the Verge. Go read Circuit Breaker. Uh, I feel like that still captures like the spirit of it. I think. Uh, but yeah, yeah, though. So um, I think this has been a good fiftieth episode. You know, <laughs> just a retrospective on all the same companies we talked about in our first episode. Yeah. And um, I guess we should just say thank you to everyone who has stuck around for fifty episodes. <laughs> Um, it's definitely been more than 50 weeks since we started this podcast. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah. There um, were long gaps. Is... Yeah. There were, there were significant gaps in between. Life happens. Life happens. We, uh, we have grown as people. Yeah. Um, I want to say we are no longer as slightly problematic as we were when we started this show. We're still problematic, <laughs> but I don't think we are as problematic. Yeah. And, you know, we, this has been fun. Yeah. Like, right. Have you have you enjoyed doing this podcast for yeah. fifty episodes in three years? Yeah, we I I have definitely enjoyed the, uh, doing this podcast. Um, I can't believe we've gotten to fifty episodes. It's kind of weird uh, to me. How long did you think this podcast was going to last? Originally? I don't know. Did you have honest, like a time frame? I I honestly gave it like a couple months. Uh, honestly, <laughs> honestly, I didn't think it would we would be around three years later talking shit about Google uh, and having. <laughs> And having an entire network of podcasts and, and like, you know, like having podcasts with different people on it, uh, you know, people, people that we just met as well, you know, like people we've known for a bit from Google Plus. Uh, like, I didn't think that was going to ever happen. Uh, so oh, my God. Like, when we started the show, Google Plus is how we promoted it originally. We didn't yeah. even put it on Twitter or anything. No, no. We put it on Google Plus because that's where we that's what that's the social that we, we use. Nowadays, we we promote the podcasts on, on Mastodon. Uh, that's it. That's and that. you know, and in another fifty episodes, we might be promoting the podcast on another social network. Oh, um, I, I networks! Hope. <laughs> networks change. People don't. Your friends are your friends. Fuck with them. All right. Uh, I think that with that, I think we really need to uh, finish the podcast. You can yes. find me uh, on Mastodon uh, at StaticSafe at Mastodon.ZomboCloud.com and Christian. You can find me at ChoseFinanceInstance.Business, or you used to be able to find me at google.com slash plus show <laughs> or actually on twitter but those don't exist anymore and since 2015 the 25th of april our fucking contact email link has been email at two shades of brown.com i think it's contact at two shades of brown.com i'm a liar i'm a liar <laughs> it has been contact at two shades of brown.com please email us yeah, i think please. one person has in the entire run of this show yeah I, I would love to get more emails i love emails uh and with that Goodbye. Bye.